Hi, it's Hoa. I'm back again. I have something really important to talk about. It's a subject we rarely discuss because it can make us feel uncomfortable. Sexual harassment at the workplace. You know, and I'm like, why is this person keep pressing up against me? And I realize that you have all this fucking space here, and I stick his penis out. And Harvey, blessed Harvey Weinstein, whose tattoo I still have on my bum. should stay off the gold standard so that the pound can reach a level that will keep our exports competitive. The lady has foolishly attempted to join the conversation with a wild and dangerous opinion of her own. Welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jordan. As always, I'm Franklin Matt Ralston. Matt's just returned from the Dennis Hoff funeral in Nevada. Why do only the good die young, Matt wailed as he threw himself on Hoff's bloated, gruesome pimp body at the funeral. You do realize, Matt, that's how herpes is transmitted. Uh, you, you were a big Hoff, Dennis Hoff fan, weren't you? Oh, He's dead. dead yeah, I awesome. saw he was dead. And you never, <coughs> you never want to have that thought of, oh, good. Um, but that's, that was... Somebody's dead? Yeah, it seems like bad karma, but... I don't know. That was just kind of my thought it was like, well, fuck it. You know, like someone always finds something good to say about someone when they die. But yes, I don't know if this is a case like I didn't really see that. I, I he he actually had a bunch of below. I think it was all city officials and county officials. He paid off. He was very popular in the area because I assume he passed a lot of cash around. But outside of outside of those business connections, I don't see that he had many friends. Although I assume he set a lot of people up like Lamar Odom with fucking chip free free sex and stuff all the time uh but the best part of the story is that he was found his body was found by ron jeremy <laughs> that's oh god <laughs> that's just like a seven that seven. is a bleak <laughs> scene yes ron an old ron jeremy after banging like six six over six, under how many bodies do you think ron jeremy has found a lot in his lifetime well he almost died like what four or five years ago he had like eight massive heart attacks and somehow he died i don't know how these guys live but he had like a, just a series of like a, a successive number of like massive heart attacks in a row, and he still survived. And he still survived somehow. I mean, when you see him in person, you wonder how he is still alive. It's, yes, it's troubling. Yes, it, it it can ruin your day to simply lay eyes on the man. Um, he had a, li- a branded liquor like a couple years ago. He was he was like a rum, like Ron Jeremy rum or something. He was like that's all they've come up with. It's really sad. I mean, it's like it's like NFL stars like or. If, Athletes, when they're past, you know, when they retire and they kind of get, especially in the old days when they got all crippled and they could barely walk and everything, you kind of didn't want to see them anymore. Yeah. That's sort of like porn stars should be like Logan, Logan's run. They should be like put out when they're like 35. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's not a pleasant watching ex porn stars age. Which they usually are yes. out by then, but obviously occasionally you get the, the straggler that, that makes it through. Did Hoff have sex with the. Um, girls I don't I mean not that he talked about he was I think he was married the whole time they had all these like hooker parties for him for his birthdays and stuff on the HBO show but I don't know that he actually slept with the he wasn't like I don't think he was like uh, Hefner I don't think he was like married to like seven other prostitutes yeah I would think you'd want to he was just a gross fat dude who was a pimp <laughs> Republican by the way you Republican know the party pimp. of judging other people <laughs> yes uh, of course and 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 somehow uh, yeah, Lamar Odom somehow Lamar Odom survived his evening at the, at the bunny at the bunny ranch. 
So are they going to close the ranch now? No. Uh, no, I assume it makes a lot of money. I assume every single politician there has paid off some ca- some amount of cash off that place. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the Saudi Royal Assassination Team. <laughs> so many country's secret state police have black ops teams, but how many travel in ta- tailored Armani suits and feature a bone saw expert? The Sa- oh, so these are our closest <laughs> allies. Yes, the Saudi Royal Assassination Team. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Uh, did you read the uh, apparent transcripts of the interrogation <laughs> that went on? Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Know yeah, so apparently, uh, well, this is all comes from Turkey who claims they have audio. I, I, this is like weird. Like, how do they have audio of the assassination in the consulate? So somehow they have audio. It's uh, probably just like a mystery science theater, like B-movie. <laughs> yes, maybe. Like well, I, I, I guess I think what that happens is they bug the consulates, right? Mm. But then they can't admit that they bug the consulates. So when they have like the guy being cut up by with a bone saw, they can't really say, you know, obviously we have this and this is gruesome because then it would ex- how would they explain they have it? But apparently the stuff shit's leaking out. And they said that now that Khashoggi had his hands cut off while he was still alive. And yeah, I think beheaded. they're into the cutting off hands thing. I think that's one of their moves. Yeah, there's no I wasn't joking about there. One of the guys apparently is a bone saw expert, like someone on the Saudi ops team is about like comes in with like a various saws and stuff and that's his expertise <laughs> it's just i mean if you have that on your team it's just it was like it's not, it's not like the guy is multi-purpose like he has multiple jobs he does like he also answers phone calls <laughs> he's just he's just the guy who cut, cuts limbs off he was just uh you know an, a, a surgeon and someone came in and said i think i got a better gig for you yes I, I, when i was in high school we got I didn't, but some friends rented one of those Faces of Death videos. Yes. and oh, I won't watch those. Well, I didn't really know what to expect. So in the first minute, they show a militant Muslim guy cutting off a guy's hand. Yes. And I was like, I'm out. Uh, but I still, it's been burned into my brain. Yeah. And I was like 16. I wasn't like, you know, four years old. I watched one of the, I was it Daniel Pearl, I think. Was that the one they broadcast, the beheading? I didn't watch that. I watched it. And it was just like, it's, it's that you will never forget. I mean, there's a reason why they do it, obviously. Now, this one was done in private, so they're not taking video. It's not for the world to be shocked and terrified. Obviously, it's just for fun, for, for sports. Yeah, I mean, why couldn't they just put a bullet in his head? <laughs> I mean, you think about the mafia. The mafia would just put two in the, plug two in the back of his head. They would just, you know, they might cut him up afterwards. But to cut him up while he's alive just seems particularly gruesome now i didn't it's realize like the whole organization it's not like one rogue guy no. it's like they're essentially they're higher ups in the government as yeah. far as i understand we're like well let's just uh cut you know we'll start with cutting off his hands yes. uh coffee and uh, by the way well, let's wait let's invite him to the saudi consulate and he walk in and never walk out again so they're not even really hiding the fact that they killed him why do we associate with this fucking bullshit country i don't know well they got a lot of oil and money and and I, some some other shit i don't know they are they're actually like probably the worst country in the entire world um but they're like rich israel's <laughs> kind of up there yeah oh dude oh you're going to lose your hand <laughs> Mossad <laughs> will not so Mossad Mossad is smart enough not to invite you to the israeli embassy and then kill you inside the embassy. Right. <laughs> like the Saudis, I was ta- I was hearing stuff about the Saudi, like the militaries. Like they're very brutal, but they're not very smart. Right. So they do shit like this. They just don't think like, okay, well, let's just ha- let's trap them in the Saudi embassy as opposed to like take them in a dark alley where no, it might be up in the air as who killed them. Well, what's scary is they're that confident. Or, yes. or I guess confident is the word. I, like when they detained the journalists last year um, <coughs> in the uh, Hilton or whatever it was. Uh, you know they're they're very brazen, yes. and so you, like, how many times have they done this? Like, yeah, we found out about this one. Dude, they're they're a country ruled by a king, 
It's 2018, and they're actually ruled by a king. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man on earth. Uh, thanks to all new patrons. We will accept Saudi patrons. If uh, whatever Ben Salman, uh, Muhammad, 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 Ben Salman MB- wants to. MBJ? MBS. 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 Sounds like a disease. He has like 37 sons. He can, he can go with another son. They're all corrupt. You can't. Name me, name, me a, name me a place ruled by a king that isn't corrupt, like a good kingdom. There are no good kingdoms. Narnia? I don't yeah. Know. I don't, no, no, the king was horrible there, Matt. Come on. <laughs> right. uh, thanks to all your patrons. Go to patreon.com. Get on the shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. I know for a fact that you are 1 16th uh, Native American. That is true. You wrote an article about this, although uh, not DNA tested, by the way. So you could be bu- you could be bullshitting. <laughs> no. Most Did you ever meet your great-grandmother? You didn't meet your great-grandmother. No, I never met my grandmother. <coughs> but, you know, people of um, humble means, such as my mother's family, they have no reason to lie about shit like that. No. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Well, it, up until... Like twenty years ago, claiming Native American heritage was really bad. Right, like you were like sent away, <laughs> you were like <laughs> locked up in a reservation, or you were like, I mean, they were doing eugenics up until like the early eighties on, uh, on on reservations where they were like actually like encouraging abortions and things like that of like Native American kids. So being Native American until probably like you know affirmative action kicked in well and, and political correctness in the nineties at least, it was pretty shitty. So it's only a latter-day thing that people are actually claiming to be Native American or claim to be black or claim to be part whatever it is. Multiracial was not a good thing until recently. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like... So it, you, didn't, you got no benefits from it, let's say. No. I mean, the only cultural heritage I got is my mom would uh, cook really weird oaky food, <laughs> such as, like, dumplings. Were they from Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay, that's legit. If you're from Oklahoma, you're definitely part Native American. Yeah. Uh, as you pointed out, all the states in the Southwest are either named after uh, uh, Mexico, Spanish, or Native American, <laughs> Native American names. But if you're from Boston, if you're from like Boston, Orange not, County, Orange County, not a good chance. Well, I guess Orange County, like 300 years ago, was all Hispanic. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren, for some reason, I don't understand her whatsoever. Um, I know you like her politics, her general political philosophy. I do, but. She just is something about uh, uh, people like that that are politicians that I feel like they weren't qualified for the job of politician. <laughs> like there's something you need to be a politician that like is a skill and it's mostly lying. Uh, you have to be really good. You have to be particularly good at. And I feel like a lot of people somehow rise, especially in the Senate. It seems like in the Senate, they rise to a level in the Senate and they're just not very skilled with like lying. <laughs> they're just not. They're like not good liars. Yeah, well, they're they're good fundraisers and campaigners, right? Yeah, and often they come from means or they come from money. They're all from they're all basically from Ivy Leagues and they're all connected and all that crap. But when you see them lie, they're all horrible liars. Like you just think, oh god, that person's. Well, this is essentially a lie that she's a Native American. Yes, and she's now spinning it in a way that she's like, see, I told you, and her proof is like the opposite of proof 
<laughs> I mean, she goes back six to ten generations, meaning she's between one sixty fourth and one two thousand forty eighth uh, Native American. And she's like, look, I told you, I told you I'd produce this document. And it's like, okay, so by that criteria, I, I'm pretty sure half the country is Native American. Well, I think, well, I think the average average European person who's been here for 300 years family yeah. is lar- has more Native American blood in them than Elizabeth Warren does. Yeah. Any, Just any, by happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Any family that's been here for six generations more than likely has some Native If you're from Oklahoma, Nebraska, anywhere there was Native American population, somebody fucked somebody and yeah. <laughs> with, with half, half blood and somebody made a baby in the 1700s and you're, you're a spawn of that. And nearly nearly every you know uh, American uh, black person as well yes. um, because you know they're both sort of ostracized groups and they were just fucking the hell out of each other and you know because growing up in Alaska and knowing so many Native people um, I can just tell a Native person and I look at a lot of black people and I'm like I can see the Native yeah. features. Well assimilation in, in, in an environment where people are living together I mean people fuck yeah, and, <laughs> and and especially when people drink, they screw and they make babies, and it just you know if unless you're completely segregated, you know like white and black perhaps in the south. But even the south, it was like you know look, Thomas Jefferson was having sex with all these black slaves, so there's all these black descendants of Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, it's not like as racist as people were, they still wanted to have sex with the opposite race. <laughs> don't have sex. With I the mean, there race. are weird waspy, you know, sort of mutant looking people like. Yeah, like Trump, for example, I know his family's a they came over pretty, pretty late. But people of that ilk who look weird. Yeah, they kept it white. But then the Irish are all have black. I'll have African. And and I I have told you a story. My 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 mom took the the 23 and me test, genetic test and came back one point four percent Nigerian. Never a whiter woman walked this walked this (laughs) walked this planet. But at some point, you know, the world people move people are in boats people are in ships and they had sex with each other and so everyone's there's nobody 100 you can't be 100 percent pure it's just not possible unless you live in some sort of clan up in the you know people in like mountainous regions sometimes or islands like in england for a while or places that are small islands might be much more pure yeah but otherwise people people fuck that's and just you, but <laughs> yeah happens. and you don't want to be pure like i think no. uh, prince harry's dad what's that guy's name uh, 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 yeah, Charles, Prince Charles. Yeah, he's pure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, they look. The, 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 yes, the the more unassimilated you are, the more ancestral you look, ancestral breath you look. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing. But having said that, Elizabeth Warren is probably the whitest person in all in all of America. Uh, and here's I think was her fundamental mistake. First of all, she was baited by Trump, and she took the bait. I mean, if you're if you're dumb enough to be baited by Trump. Then you don't deserve to be what any you don't deserve to be anything. You're just giving him material. <laughs> yes, you're, you're 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 he's taunting you into doing something that is against your better judgment, and you're giving into it, which means you're not you shouldn't if you can't outsmart Trump, you're not capable of leadership. Yeah, she and her advisors. She's obviously much smarter than Trump. Very smart woman, personally. Yes, but she and her advisors are. I, a, a serious error in judgment on this. <laughs> yes. Well, unless it came back like 30, unless they thought that she had a grandparent or something or great, even a great grandparent that people that know about, she'd come back like 8%. Well, I'm sure she took the test and opened the envelope and was like, shit. Yes. But but then why release the results? But she knew because I'd heard she she had done a genealogy chart before and could not find a single Native American in her genealogy. She did one of those genealogy things. Yeah. So they knew it was going back at least 200 years before she, she could trace her family line. 
I don't. I just don't. Under, first of all, it's not important. It's not important. Do you know people that you from Alaska? Do you have people that lied on applications or anything about their Native American status? No. Uh, no. Well, not that I know of. I, I never really asked anyone about it. Um, the in Alaska, and I think in so a lot of a lot of tribes don't have a. They don't have a minimum. Just if you right. if you identify as part of that tribe, they're like, yeah, we could use the num you know the numbers for our, our lobbying, and so I could go join m many tribes, and as could you if if we wanted to. But but there must be like scholarships or things like that. Yeah, that are the, reserved for yeah, the benefits in Alaska, and I think most states is uh, an eighth is the cutoff. Okay, so I mean, they're like the public school. When I went to UCLA. It was like I looked and they were like I looked in that book of potential scholarships you can get anywhere from like 50 bucks to 5000 bucks or whatever that the book of like scholarships I can apply for. And I remember like for what I was in, there was like 60. I got a list of 60 and 58 of them had some sort of demographic component that I didn't qualify for. Yeah. So they were only like I mean, unless I lied. So there were only like two that were for whitey, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it never occurred to me to lie, but I I think that um I don't know if anyone would ever check. I, I really think no. it's one of those honor system things that people probably adhere to. Well, that um, was I think that was Warren's problem, right? She put down that she was she she let herself be, she made it known that she was Cherokee, and then she let Harvard and when she was teaching law school there promote her as the first woman of color at teaching at the law school, and that clearly whether or not she got sp sp direct benefits out of that, she certainly got indirect benefits out of that. She got something out of it because why else would she do it? Even if it was a personal, because there are a lot of posers. Well, I think that at the Harvard Law environment, it's a very progressive environment. They're they're representing victims of various oppression and vic victims groups. Yeah, it certainly couldn't hurt whatsoever. No, it definitely didn't hurt her. I don't. It wasn't like she got the job because of that, but she let herself be flaunted as like Harvard flaunter as the first woman of color higher in the law school, yeah. which was a big deal. And then she started doing the thing where she was like. Started th then she was like 40 at this point, started then taking up Native American causes at 40, which she had never done before. And then she started doing all the things where like she's representing the underclass of Native Americans and stuff like that. And I think she just doubled down on her lie, which is where you always get caught. <laughs> so yeah. it's like once you do that and now she had to do, now cut f fast forward 20 years and she's doing a DNA test, <laughs> which is going to show by all logical means that she's not anything close to Native American. And by the way, I think it came back as like it was a South American, right? It was more. The, the the DNA traced back to South, like Incan or whatever it was. Oh, I, it uh, wasn't even North American, Native American. Oh, okay. So the Cherokees came out and said, "Like you're not fucking Cherokee. Stop, <laughs> stop whooping, <laughs> stop whooping." Yeah, man. The Cherokees were like, "Fuck this." I mean, I can see what you're saying, like honor system, and the and the tribes want more members, but they don't want phony baloney members who are clearly flaunting it just to get well, yeah, political it, advancement. I mean, it definitely depends on the tribe because, it, so the tribes that have a lot of money. No, you got to produce some documentation. Oh, you mean where you get the share of the casino winnings? Yes. Yes. And and in fact, they'll just kick you out of the tribe even if you're full blooded. <laughs> yes. Because uh, you know they the, want more money. The more, yeah. But uh, <coughs> I knew this. It's I, I just it's, it's, I knew this kid in uh, in high school. His last name was Alvarez. He was whiter than you are. You remember Barry Alvarez from the the coach at Wisconsin? He no, was like that. No, I do not. Yes. Uh, he was a football coach at Wisconsin. I remember the movie Blood In, Blood Out, <laughs> where there was the half Mexican guy, but no. he, was, he looked like me. Yes. Uh, well, yes. Uh, the gang, the, uh, for years, the L.A. gang movies always had the Mexican guys who were all Caucasian guys, <laughs> where they put like bandanas on their heads and put them in flannels. <laughs> that was great. But Alvarez is like a name. Apparently, it comes from Spain. It's a Spanish name, like Spain in Europe proper. 
and it's ac- actually like a, a aristocratic name lineage. So they're all white, blonde-haired people. And this kid was too. He was blonde hair, blue-eyed, white, and he had a Spanish surname. And he used it for all the UC systems to apply as a Mex- as a Hispanic American, mm. which I guess technically he was because you could trace your roots back to Spain. But he was. It, that's clearly what not what this was identified for. This was identified for Mexican Central Americans, and he got into the you know some of the UC schools and other things. Got scholarships, whatever it was. And I always I never saw him again after that. But I always wonder. I mean, he he kind of told everyone he was doing this. I always wonder if he felt bad about it. <laughs> you know, probably. I mean, he wasn't a bad. He wasn't like a sinister dude. But he's just like, look. I mean, <coughs> my name's Alvarez, and they're giving me this shit. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I mean, technically I'm take it. Oh, he wasn't oppressed. This dude fucking had everything. Had every, had everything. I've always wanted to see because I I hate the term African American. I I won't say it. I just say black. Um, As do all black people, I believe. Yeah, except for activists. Well, occasional. No activists. one's ever called me a, a European American, and you will get the the heavy black lady occasionally. It's like as an African American. Yeah, activists say it because they annoying. came up with the name. But I would. I've always thought it'd be hilarious to be a, a South African white guy <laughs> and check the African-American African American. box. African-American. Because technically you're, you're correct, right? Uh, so like yes. Dave Matthews is now getting the African-American <laughs> scholarship. Well, I think it's supposed to d- it's supposed to denote the fact that you were came over as a slave, right? Yeah. That's what it's supposed to denote. But you're right. But I, I don't like when they have those forms. If you apply for a job or anything, it asks you like what your race is. You have to fill out what your race is. Mm-hmm. You can deny it if you don't want to do it, but it always asks. And since everyone... <laughs> It's technically multiracial. That number is like rising dramatically. Yeah. It's like 30% of people now put multiracial down. So the stat doesn't mean anything anymore. And in 100 years, it'll probably be 70% who are multiracial. Well, it's so it's it's totally politicized and and it's it's nonsensical because obvi- like to state the obvious, I'm not trying to sound like a freshman in high school, but, you know, th- there is no race is a construct. There There is really no you know race like like you're no. saying no, no one's a no and, 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 and so this thing has come up at harvard in particular with the asian american lawsuit where they are the asian americans are suing harvard because harvard is uh, this is a weird thing so harvard says like you're allowed to, you're allowed to the supreme court has ruled that you're allowed to take race into account in college admissions but it has to be in this very sort of obtuse way it can't be like a quota system you can't say we're going to take 20 percent asians 30 percent white 10 percent black 50 percent. you can't do that but you're allowed to take race as a factor. But I always wonder, like, what is the factor? Like, what's like, what does that mean? Like, how does race is race a factor other than through like, OK, we need some blacks. We need some Hispanics. We need some Asians. Well, apparently they in the, in the case of this Waspy institution, it, it's Harvard. They, they don't they don't want the campus too dark. I believe they don't want it to be all Asians because you go and walk around like where I went to school at University of Washington yeah. or um, <coughs> UCLA. In Berkeley, it's like 60 percent. It's all Asian. And yes. And by the way, that's fine. Like, I don't I don't care. Well, it should. It, I mean, it, it, it's it's weird because you would say like, OK, it's really I mean, if it was all white, you'd be like, oh, Jesus, this place is fucking racist. It's all white. It's horrible, as it was for most of its history. Yeah. But if it's all Asian. It's like, OK, you have to admit that it's not like everyone's pro-Asian and hates everybody else, it's because these kids all fucking work their asses off and score well on tests and they sort of deserve to be here. If you remember that uh, lawsuit, uh, the Peter Thiel company where he's stealing everyone's data across the country for his evil empire, yeah, he got sued because his engineering staff was only 50% Asian <laughs> and they determined that like 85% of the qualified applicants were Asian and it was only 50% of hires. I mean, it's just what are you going to do? I mean, if, if that's why race, like you said, is a it's you have to look at it like a social construct. 
because how are you going to deny, like, say, oh, we have too many Asians, and therefore we're not going to let you into school, even though you worked your fucking ass off, you did everything we asked you to do, but you got to fucking, your last name's Wong, and therefore you can't come to school here. Yeah, I think at this point, <coughs> I mean, I still believe some form of affirmative action, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus Christ, it's still getting over this cold, um, is, is necessary in, in some instances, but no one in academia is racist for the most part. I'm sure there are a few, but why don't we just do away with it completely? Well, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to do a demographic affirmative action where like people from shitty neighborhoods get a bonus or people that went to like crappy, you know, public schools get a bonus over like uh, just another prep school kid? I mean, I just think it gets politicized because the so now you're getting into like, well, what is we all know what Asian means. I mean, yes. come on. We all we, well, all, we all know. What I, uh, just so you know, because I didn't really think about it. It also includes Indians now. Yes, yeah, so South Asians, but when well, when I was a, ch- uh, I had to check a box for something in college. I can't remember. It wasn't for the application. Was it your, maybe was it, it was. Was it your AIDS test? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I checked positive. You had to use a condom. You had to use a condom. Uh, to get one pill a day. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, sh- and it said uh, so. There were a few categories. Uh, you know, black, Asian, and yeah. then it said white, and there were parentheses, and then it said like non-Hispanic, uh, non-Hispanic, yeah. middle Middle Eastern. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe it even said like South Asian or something like it, it was like it just lumped like Kazakhstani or something like that. Yeah. Because like Russian. Yeah. It's so Middle Eastern. I mean, you look at an Arab guy. Yes. Th- that's not the same as an Irish guy. No. In appearance. No. So it, it's like clearly for some reason um, and, and, you know, Jews, obviously there's Ashkenazi Jews and different kind of. I'm saying that part of the world is yeah. is a sort of Mixed. a different um, pigment, yes, than Northern Europe. Very much so. Well, the Caucasians are, uh, Caucasians came from the Caucasus Mountains, which were in Russia, so it was a real blend of people. I mean, it was like they were white versus black Africans. They were clearly not black Africans. Yeah, but they were not like pale Nordic motherfuckers. That yeah, came so la- that came la- that came later. So how do you determine a race? I mean, even if like you know the Black Irish, because yes. the Moors went around fucking everyone yes, or raping, I should yes, say. Yes, they did. Um, oh, the Irish loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got but the big, how do you big dick. like? <laughs> I just don't see how you uh, how you even like. I would go. I, I just honestly think that that we should do away with it. Like I would give bonus points to a kid who like was number one in his class in the South Central High School. Like a kid who would like from a shitty area. I don't regardless of race. Obviously, they're mostly going to be black or, or Hispanic. Yeah, I would clearly give an advantage. I'd say like, okay, look, this kid grew up in a shitty fucking environment, gang infested, drug infested, failing school, and he still like lifted himself up. I would give huge props to that kid, but I wouldn't take a black kid from like uh, Ladera Heights here in L.A., which is known as the Black Beverly Hills. Which is where like all the professional upscale African Americans or blacks. Yeah, live. I went to Coolio's house there. <laughs> yes, yes. It's called the Black Beverly Hills. It's like the house is started like one point four million, and it's like a, a very posh area. Th- th- you, you can't compare those. You can't compare those two things. I mean, it's a totally different environment. So yeah, using race is foolish. But places like Harvard, they want to see a, a mix of color. Like they consider a mix of color to be diversity. Yeah, and that's where I think they make a mistake. Although I will say this: if they if the Asians win the lawsuit, it's going to be all Asian. The school's going to be all Asian. So well, then I'll. Do, I mean, I would just tell if I had a kid, I'd just be like, "Well, call yourself a fucking Asian. I'll take a DNA test. I guarantee you, there's 
something in there. Have you seen that guy who's uh, uh, Indian? He's, so he's Indian, but he's black, very dark skinned Indian, like black. His skin is just it looks like Draymond Green black, and uh, uh, but he's, Indi- he's uh, East Indian. And he applied to medical school as African American mm. and got in on the scholarships. Oh, like that. I remember that. Right? Yeah, he's wrote a book. He's, he does all this stuff, and it's like you know, you kind of forgive. He's supposed to forgive him now because he exposed everything. But he just like said, look, they they actually saw him in interviews. He sent a picture, and they're like, oh, black dude. And they like, yeah, that guy's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> he is a total douchebag. But it's like it were like Alvarez, like the story I told from high school. Like, oh, Alvarez, Mexican. Like, like okay, you get the stuff. It's so fucking stupid, and it's so unfair to like. Fucking Wong and, and Shen and everybody else. But when so, th- all right. So that's that's identifying probably falsely for like a, a benefit. But when you look at uh, Native American groups outside of Harvard, it's usually not that cool to be an Indian. No, um, like no. you're probably poor and and downtrodden. Like you mean a real Native American? Yeah, a real. Yes. Na- uh, sorry, yeah, not an East Indian, but because. Like when I Please, was Max, <laughs> try to be politically correct. <laughs> no, I just—it's hard to distinguish. Well, they don't—I don't think I don't think they like to be called Native American, but um, yeah, you'd get a hundred different answers yeah. if you asked any of them. But like I remember in when I was growing up in Alaska, indigenous persons. One of my da- and they don't like that. <coughs> uh, one of my dad's, uh, sorry, one of my friend's dads. So this guy was half Eskimo and half um, white, but his dad was a sort of like a super Jewish guy from New York <laughs> City. Yeah. Um, who just fucked an Eskimo woman. And he was like... That sounds awesome, by the way. Uh, well, I... Yeah. Except uh, for the rubbing nose. You have to rub no- I don't like rubbing noses. She was uh, she was pretty <laughs> hot. His kids turned out to be insane. One was in jail. Um, but, you know, he was always lecturing us. And uh, so we'd be listening to, to gangster rap. And, he, and he'd be like, guys, you know... I can't do the Jewish accent. They'd be like, I don't understand why you guys want to bring in this ghetto shit when we don't have any ghettos here. Mm-hmm. Like we just if you look out the window, there's mountains yes. and you guys don't really have a lot to worry about. Yeah. I mean, there are some, you know, tough kids around, but he, he didn't understand why we would want to. I wouldn't say identify, but sort of, you know, subject ourselves to something that, that we didn't necessarily have to worry about to bring in a, an influence that wasn't I'm with him necessary well I, I generally don't like white suburban kids who listen to rap rap music or those kids at the Brentwood school singing uh, dropping n-bombs with songs because they're like I mean, the influence of hip-hop culture is is odd because it has ba- made its money off white kids right who have no idea no identification whatsoever with the origins of the, of the music so I don't mind me like I appreciate like black R&B music I have no association with it necessarily but I probably wouldn't make it my lifestyle. I probably yeah, I, like I think <laughs> he, he made a notice that maybe a few of us were sagging. Yes. <laughs> Doing a little sagging. Uh, <laughs> the dirty sag. Can we admit that Elizabeth Warren is now out for twenty for, for twenty twenty? Um it's just it's not just Why that. Why is she out? This happened thirty years ago. Yeah, it's fucked well, up. Well, because she just did the D- if she hadn't done the DNA test now and she just said, Fuck you, Trump. I don't but need Trump th- paid off like a bunch of porn stars. Yeah, but and, that's I mean, if we're even talking like professional, if but here's the thing compared like, to a Republican candidate. Here's the th- here's the problem. You're going to here's the problem. I think for any Democratic candidate, like they're talking about, like, I don't know, uh, Eric Garcetti from L.A. or something like that. Like, you're not going to be. I mean, she is a woman. I'll give her that. So she's a woman. That's a big up for you her. You got to give her that. Well, I mean, as a term for a demographic, I think it's going to be a, a, a black American who gets a gets the nod um, for the Democratic side. 
Uh, they're just not going to go with Bernie Sanders. They're not going to go with old white person. I just don't think they're going with old white person. I hope they go with Biden because Biden will fucking smack down Trump. Probably, um, but I just I don't think I don't think the base is going to go for old white person. I just don't. There's just too much energy against old white person. Maybe maybe female, maybe, but not old white guy. I just don't see it happening. So I don't want another black guy because the, f- the first black guy pissed enough people off that we got this now. <laughs> so uh, what what happens if a black guy wins? We're gonna get fucking. It's not gonna be Attila black guy. The in the next. It's not be black guy. Uh, so no D- no DNA no more D- no more DNA test. She should start start wearing an Indian headdress and just go full just go full Cherokee, <laughs> just like carry a quill of arrows on her back start and start attending Redskins games. <laughs> Matt, you are a big uh, fan of gay bottoms. Mm. I believe that's your search term on uh, on Tinder. Uh, Stephen Elliott, who runs the uh, website, uh, your bookmark, rumpus.com. <laughs> I don't know what it, what it is, but I don't want to know. I well, don't, don't want to check. A, rumpa, a rumpus <laughs> technically is not a, gay, is not a gay term specifically. Rumpus is like, you remember uh, where the wild things are? When the when Max and the where the wild things are, the kid ran away and, and played with the wild things in the story, in the book. I'm, it was read to me, but I retained yes. no. Uh, the rumpus is just like a wild bacchanalia, like you know, going yeah, crazy kind of party. It's like it, a, a fracas. Yeah, it doesn't imply necessarily lots of gay sex. However, no, but the, <laughs> yes. yeah, if you're if you're a sub bottom. And you're running a website called Rumpus. It probably has a lot of gay. I've <laughs> been to a gay bar called the Rumpus Room, and yes. I, I don't remember what city. Have you been? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't right, really well, know. You know how I know like old movies and stuff. You know gay bars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm old enough to remember Rumpus Rooms were like the room in the house. They call it like bonus room now, like in L.A. Like if you look for houses, it's a bonus room. It was like usually a downstairs basement that was called the Rumpus Room. It was basically where you'd send the kids to just fucking make a mess. Was the rumpus room bonus room? Oh, yeah. so the 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 cool parents in quotes are like, you can draw on the walls in here. Yes, like, yes. Oh, so you well, hate, you was, hate your life. Great. It was more like I would say more like uh, midwestern basement where you'd send the kids to just fucking go down the basement, just shut the fuck. Do up. they just start brawling and humping <laughs> each other? <laughs> I don't know what goes on. In there was something. I think it was just like the kids. It was like the kids' room where you could just fuck around and like fucking play tackle football and stuff on the ground, and like the parents didn't have to hear you while they're upstairs drinking. That's fun. Yeah. But I think for Stephen Elliott, the rumpus means something different. Just the fact the word rump is in there makes me a little... He's like a, on the record, um, he's like a a dungeon torture master He's a sub... BDSM guy. Well, so he's like a sub bottom, I think he's trans, not transgender, but I think he's transvestite. Why do they have to rub it in our face? Like, (laughs) dude, I don't care if you're gay. Why why do I have to know that he's a bottom? Well, I think it's part of his, it's part of his, his literature. So he writes... But he, I, he's been in L. So he, this guy's been in L.A. because he fits in L.A. very well, and they've tried to turn some of his books into movies. He's like one of those avant-garde, like gay dudes, not a poor, decent writer who has uh, like wild stories and stuff like that. And they love turning that. Sh- it's like he's like the male Diablo Cody, right? He's got all these wild like sexual tales and stuff like that from you know L.A. and New York. So sort of a less than zero type. Yeah, who was the now I'm spacing on the guy's name, Burroughs. He's like the, the William S. Burroughs. Yeah. With a lot more uh, pegging. Uh, and <laughs> maybe not as much uh, talent. I, I mean I've never read any well, of Well, I mean stuff. he he is so very much in the now, I would say, mm-hmm. for like what Hollywood like. So, you know, he's he's a legitimately like commercial artist, I would say, in terms of the material he writes. Mm-hmm. I mean for indie gay films. 
Um, and Which he has I would like to say. Like, yes. <clears throat> sorry, I'm like not homophobic. I don't. I don't need to read this shit. Like I'm not. I'm not making. A, I'm not writing a. A short story like I jerked off on a chick in the shower. It's like, hey, guy, maybe uh, keep that to yourself. Yes. Like, how come it's different if you're a, a flaming homosexual? Well, so think about if Hunter S. Thompson was a sub bottom and like he just took drugs and got into like weird sorts of shit and wrote about it. That's sort of like what is cool now. You know, look at all, you know, all these movies that are coming out for Oscar now. There's like, they all have gay themes. It's all about weird gay love early gay sex and weird love and stuff like that and it's just like, like man boy well if you got a third of hollywood executives are gay males you're gonna want people are gonna want to make movies that talk to their own kind of like you know young male experience i guess yeah it doesn't bother me that it goes on but he was listed last year on that shitty man shitty media men google list that was uh, women and women in media new york media published this anonymous list where women could go on this google doc basically and add entries of name, naming names of guys who sexually harassed or sexually assaulted them or were just creepy because, you know, that's a crime. <laughs> well, he seems to fall into the creepy category. Well, no, but he was. But yes, he is definitely creepy. But he was accused of sexual assault by somebody anonymously but on this list. So of, ra- of actual rape. I mean, he was accused of. But isn't he just a gay guy? Well, that was his. Ex- that was what he said. Like, it's kind of weird. First of all, he denies any, any, he doesn't even know who made the accusation. So this list came out, it was anonymous, it got published through one of these uh, feminist blogs, published it, I forget what it was, and then like everyone wanted to know who, you know, there was a lot of legal implications of having this list defaming people, essentially, and so they got to the bottom of who, who published it, it was, it was this uh, media person, Myra Donegan, who published it, although she didn't write the entries herself, and she refuses to give the names of who did, even if she knows who did it, it was a Google Doc. Yeah. So anyone with access could put it up there. So Stephen Elliott's the first guy off this list who's actually suing uh, Moira Donegan, since there's no other named parties, and, and Jane Doe's 1 through 50 or whoever on the list, and saying, fuck, I didn't rape any. First of all, I'm a gay sub-bottom. I don't, I don't rape women. I don't assault women. Uh, even if I was, like, you know, assaultive, it would be with a dude pegging, pegging, my, <laughs> pegging my ass. And you know he's most likely innocent because you would never sue if, if you did something like that. You would never I, sue I because think anyway. because all the depositions come out now. Here's the problem. So uh, if you if you read that article, it was really it was I think it was was it one of the New York magazines wrote about it. New York Times, I think it was. It was really weird because he actually went to other people on the list and talked to them, and they all told him don't speak up. Like dudes on the list who were like progressives. He's a very liberal progressive guy, obviously as a gay <laughs> gay sub bottom. Um, I mean he's a, he's an outspoken uh, progressive advocate on almost on every cause. Um, but other progressives on that list, it wasn't like a list of like white Republicans. It was guys in media. So a lot of them were very liberal guys, progressive guys. <coughs> and they all told him not to speak up. And they said that they were innocent, but they didn't want to. They felt like they actually said, take one for the team to him. Like That like, sounds not innocent to me. <laughs> well, no, what they're saying is like, we don't want to speak up against the feminist cause about the Me Too cause because we're support it. Therefore, just let it slide. So they're being intimidated. They don't want to draw too much attention to the fact that they're on this list. Well, or the fact that they don't want to pick the they don't want to pick that fight because then they're saying like they basically saying we we need to support. There is all this harassment, sexual assault. We need to support the cause and therefore don't speak. Even though your name's on it, don't speak up against it as if it's a bunch of bullshit. And so the other side is saying that in, in this lawsuit, when you depose and do discovery and all that. Uh, that they shouldn't be able to name the people who are the accusers 
Um, <clears throat> Fucking hell. Well, Moira Donegan will be on the hook. Because that would discourage people from coming forward. Yes. that In the future. And also, yes. And also, she may not know, because it was a Google Doc. She may not actually know. I mean, sure, there's there must be records somewhere of who, you know, what IP accounts uploaded to it. Yeah. But I don't know if that's through Google or through Moira who published it. I don't know who actually has that information. Is she the one? So when you say public, like she's the one who p- did who she leak it? Or yes, she's the one who leaked it to the press, basically. Okay. Its existence. And I think she actually had it on her computer. So it's a Google Doc, but I think she actually released the doc. It's, it's all a, a, a hard copy is available online of this document. There's like 70 names on it. Um, but this dude is like, I think it's amazing that a guy is standing up and saying, I'm going to sue your fucking ass because I don't care that I'm, a, especially as a, you know, a, a progressive gay man, th- I don't care that you know, your cause is just. This is bullshit. You can't just anonymously accuse me of rape without any you know, corroborative information, any information whatsoever, and shame me. And apparently this guy's spent the last year like in his basement doing drugs and almost trying to kill himself because he's been ostracized from you know, every group he was in. Because he was named as a rapist, which is not a great thing to be named. Not a great thing to be named. No, I wonder if uh, if Hollywood is especially sensitive to this idea of lists, you know, because of uh, the McCarthy era. And they don't <coughs> seem to be because there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of lists going a lot of lists going around. Well, I got into it with this uh, with this hardcore lesbian chick, <coughs> really unattractive, by the way, um, over something I wrote. It was nothing personal. I don't even believe it was that offensive. Um, but I started arguing with her, and she said, well, you're on my list. <laughs> and I said, well, no yeah. one gives a shit about your list. Yeah. But every time now I don't get a job, I'm like, huh, am I on the list? I wonder if I am on that list. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, the, 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 the release of this list, the shitty media men's list. Uh, especially I check, are you on the list? I, I'm not. I, I'm not on the list, right? No. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was more, it wasn't, I mean, Steve Elliott's not like a bigwig. He's not like Harvey Weinstein or <laughs> something like that. He just... He runs a website. He's a writer. There's probably a three or four employees. He's not a he's not a big dude. It was like the agents and, and managers and uh, you know, publish you know guys that blo- a lot of blog people, a lot of people in digital media, digital publishing. Buzz someone at Buzzfeed, someone else at like another another online media outlet. Uh, but people that are known in the in New York in those circles, yeah, because they all work within a block of each other. Is your old boss on that list? Uh, I have many old bosses who deserve to be on the list, but they're not. They're <laughs> not on the list. It was really no. It wasn't like a Les Moonves list. It was just like a way down list. Like that got to an actual writer. Like just a guy like this Elliot, who's a writer. Here's the problem with Elliot. While I do admire the fact that he's standing up and suing, because the only way to make this shit stop the false allegations is to sue. Yeah. That's the only recourse you have is to sue for defamation. Uh, and finally, somebody's actually doing it. Um, there's a lot of innocent guys on that list. I'm sure there's probably a lot of guilty guys on that list. I'm sure they're all creepy. But creepy is not a crime, and you shouldn't be defamed for being creepy. I mean, someone could say he's creepy, but you shouldn't be on a secret list. Yeah, and if it's a Google Doc, I mean, do they even explain the criteria? Uh, people, there was a co- uh, field to put in, like, why you said he did this or so, you know, like what he actually did. But the problem with Elliot is because he is a gay sub-bottom and he runs Rumpus, <laughs> and he runs Rumpus, he, around the office, of course, talks about sex all the time and talks about other shit all the time. I mean, he's a sexual, very sexual creature, let's say. So he uh, makes people very uncomfortable a lot with his, you know, his probably, I don't want to say persona, his real person. That's who he is. He's a <coughs> he's an outspoken gay sub tranny bot or whatever. So, of course, when you're around him or you work with him, there's a lot of he's a weird dude. 
So a lot of people are coming out and saying like, no, look, he is this creepy guy. He does. He did this or he did that to me. Nothing assaultive, but like creepy shit, like sort of weird personality shit. So that's going to come out. That's going to come out, of course. And then he's I mean, I'm sure he is. <coughs> Fucking hell. I'm sure he's creepy as fuck. But just because you, you've deemed yourself like the authority on BDSM pegging, yes. that doesn't mean, you know, over bagels that you just get to wax on and off about the, you know, intimate details of lubing up and like it's no. But if you work for Rumpus, let's say, and that's the theme of the site, like it's like uh, when people claim they were like sexually harassed on porn sets. Like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> it's like y- your job is to be like, even when those remember that BDSM actress claimed she was raped during a, a scene. Yeah. Where the scene was a rape scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say you're prone to being raped when you're filming rape scenes. So if you work for a, a, a you know, a safe word is like an elaborate <laughs> Morse yeah, code. Yes. Like, well, safe word. Your safe word is you should have said that a year ago before you signed up for this shit. So, but he's, not, I wish like a, 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 a more, say masculine typical male who was on this list who has a good reputation would stand up and start suing and we talked about this before we, we were taping today about that that kid in uh i think ohio high school kid and the three girls conspire to like charge him with sex you know make up sexual assault cases for this high school kid yeah. and they they you know it was all completely made up they recanted everything they just didn't like this guy at high school or they were jealous of him so they made up sexual assault stories and he was like handcuffed in class and taken out and mocked as a sex offender now of that course he's scares me, man. oh it's that's why that it's it's weird because there's that like him too or whatever hashtag where like parents are like talking about how they're scared for their sons like in high school or college these days for false rape accusations and everybody mocks mocks them as like oh you're just like oh yes like like men are really the victims here in these sexual assault stories well no of course there's nine female victims for every one male victim of a false rape allegation but that doesn't make it any that doesn't make it any better or diminish the horror of being falsely accused of rape. Yeah, well, I think we talked about it last week, but the FBI, who <coughs> I'm, I'm coming to trust more and more, um, <laughs> you know, th- they said it was eight percent, right? It was eight percent, and I imagine <coughs> among high school high, uh, high clacks of uh, clicks of high school girls, it's probably much much higher. Where did uh, I just want? I don't know if this type of thing has always gone on and we just didn't know about it but the fact that three girls high school girls would go along with this in this insidious plot um and nearly get away with it by yes. the way I, I i don't even know how they got found out but that they would conspire that way which is a very teenage girl thing to do um yeah they've, they've done stuff where they've actually like named teachers before there was a teacher who just sued who was like falsely accused now by the way teachers are fucking fondling the kids obviously but there was a, a girls who made up a story about a teacher she didn't like that's been going on forever right yeah, I, don't, I don't know i mean i've ag- I, mean, I heard about it when i was in high school like you know some teacher at some school was busted now by the way they probably were all fucking <laughs> teenage girls so well dude, hard to I tell. a couple of my really good friends uh ended up being teachers and so they have a couple just shithead kids. Yes. And when we were in school together, we were fucking shitheads. We were fucking assholes. We would fuck with the teacher, obstruct everything possible for him to not get a sentence out. But um, he has this fucking bastard ass kid. And uh, it's a fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Jesus. And I go and he the kid said that he hit him. Yeah. And he didn't. And so he's trying to explain this to the parents and 
he had to go through this whole thing with the principal, et cetera. I go, so what if Mr. What if he said Mr. X uh, touched my penis? What if he decided to do that? He's like, I'd be, I'd probably be fucked. Yeah. Oh, you would. And uh, like, I don't know. I, I just think that maybe kids are learning this from, yes. from the news. And, and this is a way to fuck someone. You know, Dr. Luke, for example. With Kesha. Ke- to get with, out of a contract. With Kesha. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, to me, it's a pendulum swing. So like 50 years ago, basically a girl could be raped. No, especially if she was like a trashy girl or from the wrong side of the tracks or she was like slutty, had a reputation. She could be raped and like no one would believe her. Or they didn't care, right? It was like, you know, 17-year-old girl who was like party girl from the wrong side of the tracks who had slept around, had a reputation in high school. Some, you know, jock rapes her. No consequences, right, basically? As is demonstrated in many films. <laughs> but I actually believe, that was before my time, but I actually believe that happened, right? Yes. And especially if the girl had no means, doesn't have financial means, or wasn't from a well-off family or something like that, she was kind of fucked. Yeah. Now, 50 years later, the pendulum swung the other way where it is this guilty till proven innocent where uh, women can use sexual assault charge as a as a i hate the word weaponized but as a weapon because think about it if it's a there's never witnesses there's never any witnesses to these crimes so and as we talked about last week you can't falsely accuse someone of like fucking uh, you know counterfeiting money or (laughs) something like that or or being a drug drug pusher like that it's obvious that you're not but sexual assault when you're in the same room with someone alone is there's no way to prove it happened or it didn't happen Right. Especially yeah. if you actually have had had like uh, in the case of uh, Asia Argento have had consensual sex with the same person you're now accusing of sexual assault. Right. There's no way to prove you didn't even have sex because you were Which admitting has to, sex. to be factored in, by the way. <laughs> yes. That, that, like the argument that that's irrelevant is is completely dubious. But the fact that so many women's groups, mostly women's groups and, uh, and the beta males behind them in Hollywood are saying, believe her, that it's like it has to be a gu- it has to be a guilty till proven innocent case. That's so fucking scary. If I was a teen girl, I'd be like, fuck, that's some power right there. If I don't like somebody, yeah. I, can, I can eliminate. <clears throat> now, you got to be a devious chick to do that. But, you know, there's devious guys. There's devious girls. That's going to be your weapon of choice. Yeah, because, like, <clears throat> as I was saying, like, we were we were obnoxious kids. But it would never have it would have crossed a serious line to say that someone hit us when they didn't. Yes, it, that would be not cool at all. But that that is now happened. I mean, it happened to my friend. It's one of my best friends. It's it, it is uh, scary. I think it is scary for guys. Now, of course, you know there are still men that are assaulting women, and you know they should be fucking shot or whatever. But there's also people now, especially on college campuses, it's going down to high school level now that are being falsely accused. And so I think like Stephen Elliott showing, well, he's not the right guy. Your only recourse, it, the, the the criminal justice system being politicized is is gearing heavily towards women, the accuser now. That's obvious. Uh, most parts of the country, at least. Probably not in certain parts of, like, Alabama. You're probably, you're probably okay to, <laughs> to do your rapes. Probably Ro- okay with your rapes Probably more? Yeah, you're probably okay with your, your underage rapes there. But if you're in, you know, if you're anywhere near a city, <laughs> near a city limit, uh, and you're accused of a sex crime, you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And even though the criminal justice system may eventually uh, acquit you, You've lost your job. You've lost your reputation. If you're the guy like with Mattress Girl at Columbia, you've been ostracized on campus. People putting up posters of your face on the wall or this kid at school being taken out in shackles with girls screaming rapist at him and stuff like that. You can't go back to that. You can never go back to that. No, Um, we got to hold people accountable. I mean, Mattress Girl, it came out that she was lying and everyone (laughs) just dropped the fucking thing. Yes. When when she she was uh, being followed by 10 cameras before and now it's. 
Yeah. Now it's not, hey, why did you lie? But now it's just, oh, that just never happened. And he sued Columbia and got like several million dollars from Columbia University like three years later. But that's, you know, but you have, I mean, you have to sue. You got to sue. I I like what Stephen Elliott's doing. You got to sue because at least people who are lying, the idea that it's going to squelch real cases, I don't believe is true at all because you're not going to win the civil case unless it's show that you are clearly lying. Uh, You got to sue. And so when you sue these uh, girls' parents for half a million dollars and say like, yeah, you know, your girl's uh, falsely accused someone of rape and destroyed his life. You, now you have to pay half money but, you to know, it's sell still, your house. It's still much easier to make a false accusation. Like when you say sue, because I've, I've kind of dealt with this. Like, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, in one time, I don't want to... A crazy woman accused me of, of being inappropriate. I, I don't... I'd like to... I didn't, wasn't an assault. I like the word inappropriate, that. by the way. Um it's not like easy. you wore the wrong color, like your shoes and belt didn't match at a, at a formal event. <laughs> she said I was threatening. I have no yes. idea what that means. I, I, maybe I am threatening to her just by walking around. It's not my fucking problem. Um, but uh, it's, it's not that easy to sue. I mean, you have to have some means. You're, you're going out of pocket in, unless you have some pro bono thing. Or well, they're going to take the uh, uh, plaintiff's attorney will take on, you know, your Larry H. Parkers of the world, your ambulance chasers. If there's money to be made, they'll take it on for one for, you know, for contingency. Yeah, but if you're just an average guy that gets accused of something, it's it's no. not as easy as simply suing. I mean, you probably you, there has to be a larger entity involved because most of the families don't have a lot of money, so they all school the sc- they s- sue the schools who have a lot of money, and they always get they always seem to win these cases. I mean, there's always a settlement. It's always a settlement, but yeah. it's large amounts of money. These these schools are paying out large amounts of money for these false rape. It's always two or three years later. But it's a large amount. Well, Look, it's probably. I mean, Michigan State's paying. A lot like, of it goes back to the attorneys. Though. Michigan State's paying like two hundred fifty million. I don't think anyone's celebrating after they win these things. Well, no, but I think they at least they are, they're getting money out of it, and too, it's sort of the institutions don't seem to care. But at some point, if they keep getting sued, they will. They will start to care. <laughs> Matt, you're a huge fan of Pete Davidson. We established that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, never want to like criticize comedians or anything. But well, no, I don't think you need to criticize his comedy. You can criticize his personal life, perhaps. I did not see the breakup coming with Ariana Grande after the 17 tattoos. I think I think four weeks into the relationship, if you get engaged like after four weeks, and then after six weeks you cover your body and the tattoos of the names of your girlfriend, <laughs> you're... It's like a red flag for the woman. It's a red flag for the woman and for <laughs> some kind of psychiatric intervention. I don't know who, like, I always feel like, okay, people get their kids' names tattooed on their bodies, maybe. Someone, I saw some celebrity who just got their kids' names. Okay, your kids will always be your kids. Right. Even if they're shitty kids, like, okay, put the tattoo, put your, na- your kids' names on a tattoo on your leg or whatever the fuck you want. But a boyfriend, after, like, a few weeks, tattooing, like, your fingers with his names and stuff like that is, like, or a girlfriend, it's just the dumbest fucking idea as evidenced in the history of every time anyone's ever done it, and it's never ever worked out, and they have to laser the sh- they have to laser the shit. It off. might be one of the, and it, not that he didn't have the opportunity, but for whatever reason, I feel like it might be one of the first times he ever got laid. Oh, and, interesting! And, and just went really hard for it because I was thinking, like to me, I always think like you know motivation, kind of possible conspiracy, but I'm like. Well, what's in it for her? Yes. Uh, nothing. No. So I, don't, I think they just had a, you know, they fucked for a while. Well, and, do you uh, remember, uh, was it last week or two weeks where we were talking about how he used to apologize to her after sex? 
for, for him being so measly and her being so amazing. I hate him. Yeah. And I think at that time we all decided that it was not going to last more than a couple of weeks. And like, that's just no way. That's no way to work a relationship with a, with a hot chick. By, uh, by the way, horrible. I agree. And horrible tragedy, you know, t- for, for your dad to be killed in 9-11. Is, is that more traumatizing than your dad being killed uh, while uh, 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 sawing logs? Like, is that... I, I, Interesting question. Uh, well, the sawing... Like, lo- uh, yes. I don't mean sawing. Lo- I mean in a, in a lumberjack accident. Like, is that worse? I would think if you grew up in, a, if you grew up in New York, uh, you know, around nine, after 9-11 as a kid, and I know I actually know some people, uh, at least one family fairly well, where they, you know, the dad was lost in 9-11. Um, you're part of like a group. Now you're part of a group, right? Uh, people that lost someone. So there's a whole. And when you're like four years old or five years old, it becomes a big part of your life, I think, because of all the attention to it. So that could make it worse or it could make it better because you have a support group. I think both. I think it's both. I think it makes it like it becomes a bigger part of your life because you're not compounding it in this sort of weird patriotic yeah, like uh, you know, symbolism of freedom and all. all yeah, if your if your bullshit. dad died like in a logging accident, you'd be like, I think you'd probably f- forget about him pretty quickly. Not you know, if you're four or five, yeah. because people wouldn't be going like, man, your dad was a logger like no one ever logged before. You know, he was the you know the loggers association is not giving making you go to award ceremonies or visit like memorials for loggers or stuff like that. Yeah, there's no pro when you when they talk about your bio, it doesn't include your bio. Your dad was a killed in a logging accident but why should it by the way i mean like 9-11 was just a cultural was, was was a cultural big, thing i'm gonna i'm gonna go on record big deal yes um sort of uh we're still talking about it never made it a holiday um <coughs> we could use a holiday it's an unofficial holiday well, you have to do more every 9-11 they do a tri- they do a thing and it, it, it goes it goes i guess someday that will stop but it's like you know like sort of d-day probably for the first 20 years after world war ii <laughs> right, right. The memorial, like they, they memorialize or, 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 you know, the days that the, the, the Germans or not, Japanese surrender was a big celebration, end of, end of whatever they call that day, probably for many years after World War II, because all the veterans were there. And then now nobody really celebrates it anymore. Um, My friend Travis Simmons, really funny comedian. It's a joke, but it's true. He has a FDNY. Uh, sticker on yes. his truck because yeah. he doesn't want to get pulled over because he drives around smoking weed all the time. Yes. I don't know if I respect that or not. I, no. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't. But w- w- I don't know. No one's ever talking about the fucking Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, it's all all I ever hear about is nine eleven and Sandy Hook. And like, I'm not trying to minimize like you know ha- having lost it's a media. It's a media. It's a huge media phenomenon and a cultural phenomenon, and everyone still references it like. You know, if the entire nation still on, on the date uh, anniversary of your father's death every year still celebrate honors it with memorials and speeches and stuff, it's still going to be a thing. I agree that it's the way your dad dies tragically should not really affect, you know, how he's uh, how he's honored necessarily unless he died like, you know, doing something idiotic. Um, but if your dad was like and his, by the way, his dad was a firefighter, right? So. He was a firefighter, I believe. I think so. Yeah. So he wasn't just like uh, he wasn't working at the bank. You know, I mean, not that that's any worse, but he was actually trying to help people that day. So somewhat heroic. I would not like to um, have a friend whose uh, father perished in 9-11 because I would feel bad espousing my theories to him <laughs> yes. about 9-11. Yes. Um, and I, I you probably because at that point, 
you don't want to think about 9-11. No. You're not doing any reading up on possible scenarios that may have may or may not have played a factor. No, in. you're not. You just your dad died that day, you know. Yeah. So I, and, and Pete Davidson also has he has some illness. He has a various number of illnesses. He has, <laughs> you know, well, he has Crohn's disease, so which isn't like a killer. And a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a number of people have it. But it's not a great thing to have. It means you shit your pants, right? Uh, it's a GI tract problem. It probably explains why he's so slender. It's so an immune, uh, immuno immune deficiency thing. Right. But it probably explains why he's so slender and why he's so gaunt at times. Yeah. It's because it's just like, it's sort of, a, you know, it just doesn't eat, a, it can't eat a lot of food. Right. Or he can't eat fun food for sure. So you're not a foodie if you have Crohn's disease. And so he is gaunt and he has the, the what they call the butthole eyes <laughs> and stuff like that. But then he's also pierced himself all over, tattooed himself with his girlfriend's names uh, and yeah, done other shit. Yeah, he went on uh, Weekend Update because yes. I, I still watch SNL. I don't, I don't know who don't else know does. Why. but no. I Because I DVR'd it. But he does this Weekend Update segment and it's all about how he's fucking Ariana Grande. And so the people at SNL are now like this weird little coven yes. of like oh my god a celebrity yeah uh, now we have to like he has to talk about this it's like what, what are you a fucking slut at one oak <laughs> like yeah he's fucking a celebrity who gives a shit yeah. so he has to do a segment about it he's got the knuckle tats he's wearing a pink sweater he's this close away from getting a face tattoo the dyed hair i'm like this guy looks like a dork yes he he looks i don't know what version of cool this is meaning like who okay so lauren michaels is what 90 years old yes so, so he's like this, this guy's cool yeah he's like the cool guy i don't know of any other person outside of him who's like this guy's cool to me he looks um like he's having a crisis he's not really counter he's not really counter cultural culture he no is like he's like assimilated into yes. shitty chick instagram culture yes i mean he just looks i think it's just the appearance of being hip a hipster but he really is just a celebrity instagram social media phenomenon and and like you said i think you, you mentioned he can't do a lot of sketch comedy because he's made himself look so much <laughs> like a cartoon yeah, he was on SNL playing some politician, and he turned around, and he has, like, a big tat yes. under his ear. Yeah. Like, a neck tat, and it's like, you know, obviously, there's ways to cover that up if you're on a movie, but, like, at what point... So, <laughs> if he just gets an ice cream cone tattooed on his fucking face, yes. is he still on the show? We're just supposed to ignore that? You would, he, you would think as a sketch comedian, as someone who pl impersonates people, you would not want to have overtly obvious superficial weird things about you that made everyone under say that's pete davidson <laughs> right what. exactly like you can only play at that point you can only play pete davidson you can play like justin bieber maybe you can play like a couple other hipsters that look like you but there's really <laughs> you can't play they do what political stuff who are you going to play in the cabinet in the trump cabinet <laughs> you play the trump cabinet or what senator are you going to play looking like that i mean those guys like when belushi and and and, and dan Aykroyd and and bill murray they'd play guys and it really looked like them but they were very plain looking guys. Yeah. So they could put on a wig or something like that and kind of pull it off. They were had very the whole idea of sketch is you can play anybody. So you have a very blank vanilla look to you. But he is just like he is Pete Davidson now. Yeah. And he's I, what I mean, he's he's 30 or he's yeah, I don't think he's even 30. yet. There. Yeah. Why are you bleaching your hair? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? he's not 17 years old. Like no. and you're not a rock star. Like no. being on SNL is cool. It's a cool gig, and like I, I get it, but like, 
you're not David fucking Bowie all of a sudden. No, you don't see a lot of stand-up guys going out there with their look. No. Like trying to be really extreme in their look. It just doesn't seem to like, you know, stand-up are the most bland-looking people in the world because you're not supposed to have an outrageous-looking appearance, unless you're fucking like Carrot Top, right? Unless you're doing a shtick. Yeah, unless that's your thing. But what's his, what's his thing going to be looking like that? Like, I think his thing is... Um, I'm a crazy guy. <laughs> yes. Because he, in, in that same monologue, he, he talk, talked about how he's crazy, which is another one of his many ailments. So now oh, he's bipolar too, physically yes. and mentally ill. Yes. So he's just like a really ill person. Who just got dumped by a celebrity girlfriend. I don't, I, I told you this uh, offline. I think I, I feel bad making fun of him because I just th- see some sort of tragic end for him very soon. Because I think he's one of those guys you think is playing the role of like sort of disturbed guy, but I think he is actually disturbed. And I think he's going to take like a breakup really hard, and you're going to find him like 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 Anthony Bourdain type thing, you know? Right. But if you're if you're disturbed, so someone should at the show step in. Yes. If, if this is indeed the case, if you're disturbed, you can't make your thing being disturbed. No. Like Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yes. His thing was that he was disturbed. Yes. But he's not. No. He's totally sane. He's actually a really good director, by the way. You shouldn't. It, it's like. You know, it's like being the the party guy, and everyone think you know you're known for drinking a lot. Well, the only people I would say that, that uh, the only people I would say fall in that category that we've seen before are the fat guys in SNL, who are actually obese drug ad- drug addicts, <laughs> who are like just just gluttonous gluttonous uh, suicidal fools. It's always been that way. Belushi and Farley and everybody else, yeah, who are all guys who died very young because they just ate too much and did too many drugs, and they just kind of watched. Now you just wait for the fat guy to die. Because you know some some shit is up, so I mean that that's the, that's the thing. But they but you like as you said, you need a fat guy in the show. Um, you don't need a Pete Davidson. You don't need Pete Davidson hipster. You don't need a hipster. Yeah, you need the fat guy and the black guy. You don't need the hipster crying after sex guy. <laughs> Uh, Matt, we have an email from Reggie. I know you were a huge... Uh, you cried for a week when Aaron Hernandez hung himself in his prison cell, <laughs> if he did hang himself. <laughs> I like the idea that the most troubled man in America couldn't possibly hang himself. It must be a conspiracy. Yeah, he just had a hole in his brain the size of a golf ball. <laughs> yes. Hanging himself would be like the 30th yes. least weird thing he's ever done. Yes. There's always those TV shows where like, like one of those crime shows where the guy hangs himself. They go like, this guy was the most stable guy ever. Why would he hang himself? But Aaron Hernandez was the least stable guy in the world. So he probably tried to hang himself like possibly 80. least stable guy in the <laughs> yes, world. Yes, way. he was. How many things can be weird with you? Gang uh, member, yes. crystal meth addict, murdered uh, at least three people. I it think three. Probably up. ordered more murders on at, record. At least was associated with many more murders. Ordered more record uh, murders. Uh, married baby. Uh, <coughs> Multiple promiscuous wi- homosexual. Promiscuous, promiscuous homosexual, and promiscuous baby maker too, which is kind of. Odd that he was actually banging women and men. Gang member while yes. multimillionaire. Yes. Uh, Na- living in Boston. Naked guy in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part. <laughs> yes. I just want to warn you, Hernandez is going to talk about being bathed by his mother. He's going to have his genitalia out in front of you while you're sitting on your stool. He's going to talk about gay sex. Just do your best to ignore it, even walk away. He would. The fact that he would, uh, that people in the Patriots would warn new players of the Patriots that he's going to sit on a stool next to you with his balls hanging out and yeah. talk shit. You talk make the team, you're super psyched. Yeah. And then the, uh, the veteran with the receding hairline comes over <laughs> and says, and this was in the story, uh, he's going to put his dick in your face. Yes. He's going to talk explicitly about gay sex. Yes. Uh, 
And these are the least of your problems. Yes. It was to me it was the image of the naked naked two hundred fifty pound guy on a stool. <laughs> it was just like the worst for me. When I read those when I read those stories, I don't know if you, uh, a couple of years ago they start tried to stop it, but naked guys in San Francisco were sitting on all the bus benches. Just naked dudes like up Market Street would like because it wasn't illegal apparently to be naked in San Francisco to walk around naked. And so these guys who were like weird, creepy, semi sort of gay, sort of homeless nudist guys would like walk around naked and everyone was like, okay, well, that's fair. We're, we'll, we'll allow that. But then they started like sitting on the bus benches <laughs> naked and then was like, okay, that's got to stop. Like we cannot have them sitting on benches with their bare ass where other people sit. Just not, not cool anymore. That's interesting because I wouldn't have a problem with them walking around. But the sitting with the yes. with the balls, yes, I I would yeah I I had the same. Would you sit on a bus reaction. bench after a guy was sitting there naked bare ass? I wouldn't sit on a bus bench if you gave me a thousand dollars. And by the way, these I, I I just assume and I saw a fo- some blurred photos. They were all bears. They were all big fat dudes. Like oh, that's what I'd assume. Yes, yeah. it wasn't like the male the, the male the male model types. The the, the attractive uh, men did not need to be gay to get hook up in, in in San Francisco. No, they didn't need to be. They didn't need to be walking around naked. It was like these fat, like expressive, like hippie dudes. <laughs> like, so Aaron Hernandez. So Reggie wants to. Know, is it okay if we don't feel bad for Aaron Hernandez, even after learning from the Spotlight team, uh, the Boston Globe Spotlight investigative team, this horrific uh, origin story for Aaron Hernandez about probably the worst trailer trash family you've ever <laughs> you've ever heard of before. Here's a a dude who's clearly gay. Who's got a massively homophobic, uh, you know, virulently homophobic father, weird shit with the parents doing all sorts of drugs and uh, screwing around and making babies with other people. Is he uh, from the Miami area? No, he's actually from Connecticut. He's actually from Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. That's Bristol, right. near ESPN headquarters. Huh. Uh, but he went to Flor- then he went to Florida to play football. He was obviously a very athletically talented guy. Still in a gang. Urban Meyer covered up a, a number of antisocial uh, incidents that Aaron Hernandez had. I mean, the guy was like screaming for help. He may know of murders, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a serial killer. Oh, Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. No, no I mean Meyer might know. Uh, of, or, yeah, of some other murders. He probably used Hernandez to order some hits. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's it's one of the thing. Like when you cover up, like I don't know. I guess what coaches cover up all sorts of like you know the kids flunking out of class or he stole like a car. Or they got smoking weed and all stuff like that, but probably violent felonies he was covering up for him on. Yeah. You know, which is like, you know, how good can a player be? I mean, college football is just disgusting. And then, of course, the guys from Florida were like leaking to the NFL. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't draft this guy because he's a fucking walking time bomb of fucking violent behavior. And, of course, Bill Belichick takes him because Bill Belichick is the actual mercenary <laughs> of, the, of the NFL. Good coach. He is a great coach. I mean, Hernandez had like four really good seasons. He would take, he did. He, I, I think Belichick would take Charles Manson <laughs> if he had good speed on the outside, if he had good speed on the outside. He really is like, he's just a purely, pra- absolutely pragmatic person. Just doesn't give a shit as long as he wins. Yeah. And that's what Hernandez was. So I don't, so here's the question. So the story, the spotlight story shows how Hernandez was, you know, first of all, you could be sympathetic, feel bad for him, I guess, being gay in an in a utterly masculine culture. And that obviously fucked them up quite a bit. Um, I like the fact that people say that no NFL guys are gay because obviously there's gay guys <laughs> in the NFL. Not as out there as Hernandez, perhaps. Um, and then he grew up with this horrible family, all this other shit. And I think the idea of the story was you're supposed to kind of feel bad for this guy. But he didn't actually rise above his circumstances. He just became a violent killer and sort of drug addict. Yeah. Well, it goes like 
my theory, and I should probably contact some, because you know you can email anyone at uh, an elite institution, yes. and they're so bored that they'll email you back of yeah. your fucking retarded questions. Yes, they will. Because um, they have there's someone who has a full time job to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're just flattered that anyone fucking communications assistant thought of them. Yes. No, no, no. The real guy. You, you who are you talking about? Like Hernandez? We're gonna do live. No, no, no. I'm saying. Sorry. So. I always wonder about this, and and I've never I've thought about it a lot, and never f- figured out an answer. So, like, there's insane people. Yeah. So Hernandez, probably that, probably CTE. Oh, for CTE sh- also for sure. Well, yes. But there's people that have CTE, like Junior Seau, who's I think we could probably agree a good guy, and it's Wha- like was a good guy. Was was a good guy. Yes. It's like oh uh, yeah. Well, he d- he did some weird shit, you know. I don't know. We were at the restaurant. He ordered the ice cream. Fucking poured it on his head. <laughs> yes. Well, we get him the fuck out of there. <laughs> then he got real hammered. Went to sleep. He didn't like start killing, like become a serial killer. So I'm saying, like, if you're insane, like it's the insanity plea. I've never understood the insanity plea. I've never understood it. Well, the insanity plea only should like should go. I think should only go to premeditation, which is like if you're truly fucking nuts. You can't actually premeditate something, right? Like, if you think, like, someone's a de- legitimately think someone's the devil and God and the dog is speaking to you and telling you to kill them, you should still go away forever in some sort of fashion. Yeah. But there's not, like, you may not be an actually evil, you may not be, like, a, 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 a person who likes to hurt people, like, who actually gets off on hurting people. You may actually believe you're doing God's work. And well, either way, I don't want you released early. No, I don't want you ever released. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I'm just saying, like, you could have two crazy people and how come one crazy per- let's let's just say like you you'd scan the neurons i don't know how you would do that but yeah you determine that they're they're equally damaged right how come one guy is doing crystal meth and uh and and creeping out his teammates and becoming a serial killer and the other guy uh drives his car too fast <laughs> it, it will never be explained no but i mean i think if you had so like the wwe guys like Let's say one out of fifty will slaughter their whole families. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yes, a little low, but yeah. or just kill or the women, female China will kill them. Will kill themselves. Uh, you know, basically uh, kill, murder themselves. But you know, brain. I would assume brain damage works somewhat randomly, which is that it may actually just. You know, obviously Hernandez was a violent guy before CTE. He probably had a pathology that went back before football, even where he was in this shitty fucking family environment. And he was but there's still people that uh, I mean, it's obviously the the old argument, but maybe people are just some people are inherently psychopaths. I think some people are inherently violent, but I do think that that the CT definitely le- the roids and the CT definitely promote that. Like I would think, like if Aaron Hernandez was a barista, <laughs> they'd probably be less likely that he would uh, have killed people. Yeah, than if he went into football, where for one he was allowed to do like you know do all the steps leading up to murder. <laughs> And got away with it. So he was never put away as a young kid where he might have got, he might have got worse, but he might have got some therapeutic intervention. Like, literally, like, he commits, like, crime. you see him on the scale of crimes and they just, like, let it go. Of course he's going to start killing people. He's a violent dude. If they put him away, like, at 16 and put on fucking drugs, maybe, on fucking some kind of bipolar drugs or whatever, maybe he's, like, just one of those guys who just, like, wanders the street and is, like, spouts on bus stations and stuff like that. I mean, some, most of the homeless people are not violent. They just talk to themselves. Yeah. And then a couple of them just lash out with knives every now and then. Well, that's why when I see anyone talking to themselves, I 
give them a wide berth <laughs> yes. just in case it's that one day where they decide to kill someone. But like you talk to your average dude, like in the Midwest, like uh, your average fucking roll tide guy. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's always like, well, I don't, I don't understand why these football players can't behave themselves. It's like they, they first of all, they all have brain damage. Yes. And they're trained in violence. So if you go up to Joe Mixon in a bar where he's the only black guy and you punch him in the face. Yes. Uh, he's been taught to react uh, aggressively. So if he then punches you and knocks your ass out, uh, I'm. I couldn't say I, I didn't see it coming. Well, he's probably naturally aggressive. That's how he got to the top of his sport. Yeah, and that. And also, just it's just like every... He's decided it'd be fun to ram your head into other people. It's like people that get, get to the top of politics or top of law, whatever. They're all... Or top of business. They're all basically assholes because that's how you get to the top of your profession, which is you sell everybody out. You're more aggressive and ambitious than everybody else. You don't care that, like... This is the whole thing in the Silicon Valley... Well, the reason guys are all executives is because they don't mind not having friends and being considered assholes. Whereas yeah, women, uh, women are more like concerned about their reputation of being kind and stuff like that. Well, I don't know if that's a great analogy. Because football, as much as like the commentators want to make you think that it is and try and fool you into it, not a thinking man's game. No, no. by any stretch Maybe of the, for the imagination. For the quarterbacks, perhaps, and that's about it. Oh, oh, they have to memorize like <laughs> fucking thirty things. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, well, the, guys the, that's the other narrative that they throw at you. Oh, fucking uh, Tom Brady's like a genius. No. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady, he'd be working at Tesla if it wasn't for the fucking NFL. Like, get the fuck out of here. They do they do that test. What's the test called they give the guys at the uh, combines? War. I was going to no, say No, the course. mental test. It's like an acute... It's the not aptitude. A, it's, not, uh, it's not a scholastic aptitude test, but it's more of like a situational type thing. Yeah, what's it called? Yeah. The guys who score better than that tend to, do, to be better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, they may not know how to count... But they can assess situations, you know, uh, you know, moving situations pretty well. They're more strategic thinkers. Yeah, but th so that test, when they say this, when the like pundits say that, that doesn't mean the guys that passed it are super smart. It no. means the guys that failed it are fucking retarded. That's true too. But they, I think certain guys are prone to str more strategic thinking. Like they just in a situation, they think they have better ideas, like not smart ideas, but they know how to react right. better right, right. versus guys who just freeze, you know, or don't. Oh, it's Wonderlick is what it's called. Wonderlick, yeah, the Wonderlick test. Yes, none of them are, I would imagine, none of them are, are, are scored four digits on their, on their SAT, SATs. I got to get off Aaron Harris. It's so sad he killed himself, and now his wife, uh, the girl's remarried, and then the kid stuff, and they're whatever else it is. Dude, fuck his wife, by the way. Yes. Like, this fucking whore, she, <laughs> she's got the baby, and she's she's so she's trying to not uh give his contract money to the people that he killed basically yeah like i believe his six million or something outstanding sister-in-law's brother if i'm not mistaken <laughs> i haven't read it in a while otherwise he's been convicted of killing yeah he was never technically convicted of killing the two guys at the bar because he killed himself before the appeal yeah no lloyd the guy that he yes that he dragged out to a field and murdered um sh she's you know claiming uh she's trying to get out of it and as if she didn't know he was a flaming cocksmoker. Yes. And, and, and violent as fuck. And a serial killer. Yes. I'm sure she did. But he was a good provider. <laughs> that's, that's Shouldn't how. you just give them the, the bulk of the money? Like, I'm not saying, you know, save a, a few bucks so you can get your feet on the ground and get a job. But, like, how do you feel about yourself keeping the money? Well, I assume if you're having sex with a gay, violent Aaron Hernandez uh, and producing a child... You're pretty much in it for the practical benefits. Well, that's my point. <laughs> yes. She's a fucking piece of shit.
Matt, this is our segment called This Week in Crazy White Privileged Chicks. Mm. White white privileged women. I love, um, are you familiar with uh, uh, Camille Paglia? Is that her name? No. The feminist. She's like, a, she's an old school feminist in the 60s, 70s, but she was the wing of sex positive feminists. She always wrote about sex in like the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. She's probably like 70 now. She taught at some, had one of those teaching things at one school where they have the feminist teachers. But she was like, she was not the like men are evil, you know, women are being oppressed kind of thing. She was more of like the feminist of like sexual awakening. She's like, I'm super rad because I fuck a lot of dudes. Well, she's a lesbian, but yeah, (laughs) other than that. But 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 she told women to fuck men. She was like, she was like that Madonna era, like in the 80s era, like, you know, women should have as much sex as they want and feel not be sluts, sh- you know, be sluts, basically. She's she was Amber Rose before. Yeah, she was cool because she was a sex positive woman. She loved she said, love men, just love their dicks and get off on them and do whatever you want. You know, like women shouldn't be ashamed of their uh, being sluts, basically. That was her feminist wing. And she basically has come on more recently to ask about the Me Too. And uh, these old school feminists are kind of angry at these young white women <laughs> because it's they've turned into a women versus men thing and men are all evil and they're all rapists and they're all shit like that. And she's written a book about saying, women, you're just making yourself fucking miserable. <laughs> you're just making yourself miserable. Right. Most men aren't like that. And also, by the way, she, her, her point, which I thought was actually somewhat brilliant, was that like, if you're a college-educated white woman and someone does something wrong to you, you need to take control. That's your situation. You need to take control of it. Like You need to report it, out it, defend yourself in the moment or after immediately after the fact not wait shy away and wait 10 or 15 years to name somebody and she's she separated that from like working class women and w- minority women who are in really bad situations who like maybe their boss is touching them but they need the job to feed their family or shit like that they have very they're disenfranchised they have very little power and oftentimes they have to put up with this bullshit because their economic security is at stake versus these professional women in new york and la or whatever else where they are just you know they're they're playing the victim role but they're not like confronting men if there is an actual situation i thought it was kind of a, a brilliant uh setup she did which is like saying yeah the, as i always point out the women who are complaining the most are the women with all the power like they actually have means like a you know a, the woman who's a senior writer for huffpo has a lot of means right? right she can out somebody they can create shitty media men's list she can go to the police she's going to be believed by everybody even if she's not telling the truth she's going to be believed by everybody if you're christine ford Blasey Ford, you're going to be believed by at least half the country and 80% of women. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of power to stick up for yourself. And that was her point. And not all, not all women have that, which I think she smartly said. But uh, it seems to be young, college-educated white women are just fucking nuts these, nuts these days. So I picked uh, a few out for this week in crazy, crazy white privileged chick week because they do complain more than anybody. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed, there's been six or seven luncheons this past couple weeks in Hollywood. Variety, Hollywood Reporter, they've all had luncheons for empowering women. And as someone pointed out on the dais, I don't know, with Jennifer Lopez talking about how proud she was of some other super, you know, successful woman and stuff like that and for standing up to the men and, like, you know, overcoming obstacles. And someone pointed out there was about $800 million worth of value on the, st- on the stage of these, like, six <laughs> women. <laughs> like, really empowering. Like, really, the women who struggle the most. Like, each of them was worth more than $100 million, calling each other heroes for... For you know, for standing up in their lives to uh, victim, victim, potential victimhood and stuff like that. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, <coughs> like, when you talk about like hardcore lesbian, like this woman that you're speaking of, who have accepted themselves, and I'm, sh- you know, w- 
for whatever reason, if it's genetic or environmental, like they're they're lesbians and they're fully comfortable with that. Never, never been rude to me. No, it's it's the rich, fucking unhappy chick with the with the minivan that's always a fucking cunt. Yeah, I think that there are. Uh, I everyone points to the college experience, and how much the college experience has changed now, and it really teaches these uh, girls, young women, to be really angry at men. Like to really, bl- there's a real victim culture there. That like, you know, even though you're from a potentially privileged or middle class, upper middle class background, and you're white in America, uh, and women used to be historically op- oppressed in some means, you're no longer. But they really still teaching this real victimhood ideology, yeah. and the schools bend over backwards to condone that. So when women graduate and they're marching at school and they're doing all this other shit and they're spitting on professors and they're claiming victimhood and stuff like that, white, white, like well-off white chicks have now burned into their skulls that they are victims of something. And so their identity is wrapped up in this victimhood thing. It's like sort of how they relate to one another. Um, You don't see a lot of black women or Hispanic women holding oppression marches. It's always like, you know, like police brutality or immigration or something. There's some cause behind it. It's not just a general patriarchy man keeping us us down type thing. No. Because that's all the women. That's all these women have. That's the only thing I can point to is that old white. There's Repo- got to be something. Some someone. Some scapegoat. Yes. Basically. Yes. I have. A, I have this theory I've been pushing, which is probably totally wrong, but that like human beings are drawn to like uh, suffering. Like you have to have suffering in your life because suffering is actually good for you because it forces you to change and adapt and become better. Mm. Like when you suffer, when you suffer, you like as a as a as a species, you adapt and you change, and you get better, and you evolve. And so when you have a group of people who have really no suffering, <laughs> they will create suffering because it's almost like a, a need, like a human need they have. Like you crave suffering in a way. Well, I'd pr- I'd, I think I agree with you. I might phrase it a little bit differently in that you need a purpose. Yeah, you need a purpose. You need obstacle a, to overcome. Yeah, you, you need a reason to live. Yeah, so they do those like, surveys where everybody in high school claims that they were bullied. Like right. 100%, even the bullies claim they were bullied. Because that's sort of the perspective you have is you're always the victim perspective. And I think part of that is just human nature, which is like you're supposed to see yourself as an underdog. I like when the Yankees or the, the cow, you know, whoever it is, the team, like the Warriors, we're the underdogs. No one, no one expected us to be here. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's always that. Like someone, and they always pull that article from the paper, like LeBron says he's going to kill us. Ah, uh, guys, come on, we're the underdogs. <laughs> Get up, like oh, dude, the Republican Party now is playing the victim really hard. Mm-hmm. I- anytime they lose something after, you know, uh, subverting the law, let's say any any time they don't get their way, they're they're oppressed. Oh, they're going to take away Christmas. What the fuck are you talking about? That plays. I think it plays in the human nature though, which is like, it's, it's, that's politics, obviously. But I think people want to feel like they are oppressed, right? There's a need to feel like you're a victim. Yeah, there's a soothing quality to it, and, and I think there's someone's conspired. They're going to take our guns away. Yes, no one's ever no one's ever even really brought that up. I mean, there are some sort of tame gun control no. laws but by the way it, it would be really hard for the unarmed to take away the arm to take away the armed people with guns like okay we're the unarmed people coming to take away your guns <laughs> armed people like that's never really worked well, well they think jackbooted thugs are gonna you know well they have to make those people up because it's not it's not like uh chuck schumer is going to come and take your guns away from you with like a, a clipboard this yeah. is just not gonna <laughs> wait and like, by the way if the government decided to take your guns away for whatever reason uh i don't care how many guns you actually have yeah 
they would be able to do that really easily because they'd, uh, you know what the government yeah, they does w- is they get a tank yes. and they plow into your house. But they can only do that family. one. But yeah, they've done uh, Waco and Ruby Ridge and stuff. But they can only do that. That's sort of a big effort. It's not like they can, like, so 80 million people own guns. They can only do that to like 10 houses. <laughs> so it's like. No, they c- I mean, they could do some raids. But the point is they don't have any intention of doing that. No, no they don't. But every, every, every wacko or even semi-wacko gun owner is just going to hide their guns. They're not going to take away their guns. Well, what's the difference? Like, how many guns can you shoot? So, like, well, I get having yeah. a gun. Yes. I understand that. J- if you have 100 guns and there are two people in your family, in your household. Yes. So when the government comes, th- are, are you shooting shoot? all the guns? Are you loading up all of them? I just don't think they, they, it's like sort of like, it's like when they always talk about rounding up the illegal immigrants, like 20 million illegal immigrants. You just can't possibly do it. You can't take guns away from 60 million people. You can't stop people from smoking weed, 60 million people from smoking weed. It's always stuff, that, it's just rhetoric. because you can't. It's, the numbers are so great, you can't stop it from happening. Well, so. at least with weed, it's, and I mean, if I was in, I guess we're getting off track. If I was an immigrant, I'd be somewhat perturbed by what's going on right now. Uh, by, uh, by the way, I don't mean a Swedish immigrant, no. uh, Mexican immigrant. Or the odds of you being uh, uh, rounded up are ext- extremely small, especially if you've been here for a long time. And the odds of you being arrested for weed are very small. But yeah. at least it is a potential yes. legitimate threat. Yes. Well, rappers do get arrested for guns all the time, Matt. If you're a rapper... <laughs> You definitely get arrested for guns. Can I get into my privileged white chicks? Yeah, I'm sorry. All right. So privileged white chicks of the week. I have three this week, Matt. Uh, Amy Schumer is the first one. Amy Schumer was interviewed. By the way, what ha- I don't know where Amy Schumer went. I guess after three failed movies in a row, they just kind of like stopped publicizing you <laughs> so much. She did get arrested at the Ka- at the Kavanaugh march. She got arrested in the point. So I understand a, a, uh, a, a civil protest, and I understand people get arrested on purpose. But when the cop says... Uh, and you're being filmed. Yes. Do you want to get arrested? And you go, yes. Yes. That kind of takes a little bit. Of and she was wearing a prison type jumpsuit <laughs> to make it really, really effective. But so Amy Schumer this week explained her big thing this week is how women, especially attractive women. It sucks to be a woman, Matt. It sucks to especially be an attractive woman. Is she putting herself in the. No, no, she did not. Self-deprecation. Okay. She said she's happy she's not a, a hot chick because hot chicks, especially. She's, she's not happy. No, about that. no, she's not at all. Uh, hot chicks especially have it really rough I- in America. Because uh, you know, Matt. They have it better than anyone. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, I mean, her point that people sexualize them is absolutely correct. Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, the, if and then they get several benefits yes. from being sexualized. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you're a 6'4", uh, 250-pound black dude in the South and you can run a 4'4", you're going to be objectified as a linebacker for, Al- for Alabama. Yeah, people gonna be objecti- are gonna Yeah, they're going to say, dude, from the age of 12, they're going to say you're going to be a football player in the SEC, and you get objectified as a piece of meat. But uh, then again, you, you get to then make $20 million as opposed to living in a gang-infested, shitty neighborhood for the rest of your life. You have something that not everyone has. Yeah, you therefore are. therefore, you get certain benefits. You have physical attributes that provide you a great lifestyle, but you are objectified. People shoot you with needles. They put you out there when you're injured. They don't give a shit about you as a person. But you do get a lot of uh, career benefits, let's say, out of, out of the whole deal. And so, uh, so that's, that's Amy Schumer, a crazy thing. Kira Knightley, uh, the actress from the Pirates of the Caribbean, of all things, uh, has now said she's not going to allow her daughter, her young daughter, to watch any Disney fairy tale movies like Cinderella because they promote the idea that a woman should wait for a man to save them, to rescue them in their, li- in their lives. Uh, Who, yes. it, how did it come up that anyone gave a shit about this retarded statement? Is this just an interview? Uh, she's been doing multiple interviews. I think she has a book out. She has a new uh, film, pro- uh, female-led film project out. 
Because last week her thing was how she was yelling, she was angry at Kate Middleton for appearing to be look too, uh, too made up and too good after having babies, as opposed to showing all her scars and the tra- and the travesty and the the horribleness <laughs> of giving of giving birth, and that she should come out there with her fucking it's ripped like perineum and like up of the episiotomy. Yeah, exactly. And like you really can't have it both ways, can you? No. I mean, what's wrong with the woman looking good and caring about herself and? Especially when you're a, a public figure and your entire job is to be a public figure. It's what not like she's an iron worker. I don't know anything about Keira Knightley. What is she so angry about? Uh, she is just taking on this feminist role, which is what I th- uh, we talk about. Women need to invent these obstacles and oppression when they don't have any. When you're a 33-year-old uh, white film actress, uh, you don't. You may have personal problems in your personal life, but you don't really have any systemic, institutional problems, obstacles facing you. You can pretty much do whatever you want with your life. Is she British or? Is yeah, she's, she's British. Uh, uh, Austra- either Australian or British. Same thing as far as I'm concerned. So she won't let her daughter watch Cinderella because Cinderella is saved from her life of horror by a pr- by a prince going to the ball to meet the prince. Which, by the way, uh, okay, yes. I mean, if that's like your feminist story in 2018, uh, although Meghan Markle just did that with Prince Harry, of course. But if that's your story of like, uh, uh, yeah, that's not very feminist. I understand that that you like. You go to the ball and meet a prince who sweeps you out of your horrible life, or like Pretty Woman as a story in 2018. Yeah. But obviously, these are time period historical pieces. These are fairy tales. So they're not like, if it was set in the modern world, I can see how people would say, like, well, we don't want, like, you know, Meghan Markle's story where she quits her job to marry Prince Harry and wear hats and go to parties and stuff. That's not a very female positive story. But these are obviously contextually fairy tales of a different time and place. When that was what the women wanted to do was to come out of drudgery and marry the prince and live happily ever after. And you can either show your child that and give them some context or just censor and ban all, all content because it doesn't f- fall into line with your female empowerment story for a five-year-old. Yeah, because what's the... I mean, what's the alternative? You're just showing them like feminist propaganda and the kid's like, this cartoon sucks. All my friends like Cinderella. Yes. yes. And and you're like, well, you know, you got to learn like as if kids are even <coughs> absorbing the plot at that age. Like, aren't they just it's colorful. It's colorful. And by the way, I think every single woman who basically responded to the story said, I watched this stuff and it was fine. I understood that. Like, yeah, I did. When I was five, I wanted to be a princess. I wanted to marry a prince and live in a castle. But by the time I was eight or nine, I realized that wasn't real life. And I had other dreams. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be whatever. So for, you know, if you're 25 and you're watching Cinderella, it's kind of weird. Well, (laughs) I think even in Cinderella, and I I haven't watched it in in quite some time, but I believe it's it's self-aware. It's factoring in this this uh, this theme of the, you know, women can be more than this. It's it's not it's it's not just a straight up like. you know, marry a rich guy and, and live a happy like I, I'm pretty sure Cinderella is like sympathetic to the plight of Cinderella. Yeah, she's she's abused by her stepsisters and she has to clean the scrub the floors and the toilets all day long. And then it's a fairy tale. Then she gets this chance to the fairy godmother comes and gives her the thing and she goes to the, the, the ball and meets the prince. I don't. It's kind of a cool story. Like Cinder. So Cinder, <coughs> that used to be like a, a German uh, uh, pejorative. Cinder winch is like the the nasty maid that lived in the yes. basement and then ella is like this elegant so it, it was like she was kind of like a, a amalgamation of two different people she was the adopted slave girl ba- like the stepmom and stuff like that and she was made the, uh, the cackling older sisters were got to go to the ball and she didn't 
she was basically it was like a t- like a Charles Dickens type story. She was like the foster kid in the family who was abused, basically. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like anything to censor. It, I mean, so what is she showing? Because if you go down that route, I mean, now you're is she going to become Amish? Like, what, what is she going to, what is the kid doing? No, she's going to show her shitty feminist empowerment movies and then the daughter's going to go like, I don't know, why am I supposed to hate men? I don't get this because girls at four or five years old love boys and they love princes and they love all that stuff. It's a, it seems to be genetically coded that girls at five want to live in castles and be princesses because that stuff, I don't, people like think that's like forced on girls having raised a girl and, and boys too. It's what, Boys like to smash trucks into walls yeah. and girls like to have tea parties and pretend they live in castles. And I don't think that's something the parents force on them. That's that gender. No, division. Disney, the, the people at Disney have been smart for a long time. Yes. They know what kids want to see. Yes. And that's why they have built a multi-billion dollar company. You can I can see like saying, OK, all the princes shouldn't be white. They should be Hispanic or black and stuff like that as they started to do. I can see they shouldn't all be white, sure. but they're still all girls. <laughs> they're still all women and they still at five years old are still all five-year-old girls who still dream of being not all of them but a lot of them dreaming of being married to the prince and living in a castle and having fabulous clothes and all that kind of stuff it's just sort of genetically coded so well i guarantee someone at disney who thinks they're real fucking smart and is making a, a nice six-figure salary is considering green lighting a gay cinderella yes they are and they are and it will bomb yes horrendously they are they are they're trying to move the gay i mean Again, I don't care. These are these are time and place stories. If you had a 2018 story about a Cinderella type, fabulous girl going to the ball in, in, in Hollywood, and there wasn't gay characters, I'd be a little concerned, because we all know gay guys would be part of that story, and we all know Hispanic would be part of that story, whatever else it is, or more empowered women would be part of that story. But it doesn't make sense in a time and place from the day of castles and, and carriages and stuff like that that you would change revisionist history and pretend that she was what a lawyer. And that she was like representing the prince in his in his legal affairs in like the 16th century. <laughs> it just no, it doesn't. And what about? And I'm not an expert on Disney by any means, but wasn't Snow White like a really self-assured woman who looked after a bunch of tiny men? The dwarfs. The dwarfs. There might have been a little rape going. <laughs> might have been a little. Rape there, I, I'm not really. Matt, I've, I'm missing my last and final crazy white chick of the week, and she's not a young. She's 70 years old. She is Victoria Bissell Brown. Let me start off by saying, any woman with three names. Any guy with three names is a serial killer because they give them three names when they report on the serial killing. Yeah. <laughs> they all of a sudden have to be known by their middle name. Or an actor. Yeah, or uh, yeah, occasionally an actor. But generally, it's like John Wayne Gacy. It's always, they have to identify their middle names. Uh, not because it, makes them, it does make them sound more serial killer, but they want to make sure that other people named, named John Gacy aren't attacked for the rest of their lives as serial killers. I, th- I disagree. I think that they, they convene and decide what sounds scariest. You think so? Because Ted Bundy... There's yes. something scary about the word Bundy. So they didn't give a middle name, you mean? No, it sounded scary already. <laughs> you may be right. Uh, when I see a woman with three names, I know that she is a, a very empowered woman, and I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna like her. Like I told my, I told my wife when we got married, she's like, I don't know if I should take your, I, I, I don't care if you take my last name. That's a very, uh, very archaic, ar- you know, th- th- thing. I don't give a shit. Just don't have two names, last names. Don't do the hyphenated name. Yeah. Keep your name. Take my name, call yourself whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, but don't have the hyphenated name. I agree. I, have you ever seen like on Facebook where like there's a group of women talking, they all have hi- the hyphenated names, and there's so many names in like the list, <laughs> you can't tell what's going on. Well, like in sports, because I'm pretty sure what's happened is the parents got savvy because yes. they're all divorced, <laughs> and so they're like, well, fuck that. Like if it comes down to a fucking contract dispute, yes. So all the guys like 
Gilchrist Alexander. Who's yeah. the guy in the Clippers now? Anyway, point being, like the jersey can't even accommodate. No, I remember Maurice Jones Drew changed his name from Maurice Drew to Maurice Jones to back to something else. It was but like that w- it wasn't like that back in the eighties and nineties. No, your, no. your name was just John Stark. <laughs> yes. Like now, I, I'm. I, it's got to be that that the parents are are getting in on this, fighting over the money. Yeah. Like Lonzo Ball, that kind of thing. It's got to be. So Victoria Bissell Brown wrote this great op-ed this week, Matt, in the Washington Post. She's a retired college professor from a northeastern college. I've never heard her before. Ugh. Grinnell, horrible. And she basically, I think you read this, Grinnell. Her, her, her piece was called, Thank You for Not Raping Us, Good Men, But It's Not Enough. And her whole piece was like, you know, whereas women would savage men who are like Weinstein or sexually assaultive type guys, this new, this new wave of these crazy white women are now assaulting the men who are actually good men, but are not doing enough to change the way men as a gender respond to, <laughs> respond to women. What's the guy supposed to do? Her husband of 40 years who she... Her op-ed is about how she, she exploded at her husband of 40 <laughs> years, it berated him for no reason other than the fact that he's a man and can't possibly understand how men have treated women basically, what, historically or just sort of, you know, amorphously throughout the existence of she the She wrote an essay which was somehow published in the fucking Washington Post. Yes. Which is a problem. Uh, so it was about how she blew up at her husband for something he did, acknowledging that it wasn't his fault yeah, she didn't name the incident. No, so it could have been anything. She just—I think she just said the way he was looking at her when she said something made her understand that he would never understand what it was like to be a, how women suffer, like sort of just generally. Like he, she, she went out of her way to say he's one of the good men, and he's a feminist, and he donates to the right causes, and attends marches, and and reads the right what magazines. So he's already going above and beyond. Yes, and this is obviously a lesbian married to a gay man. Uh, but assuming <laughs> that's not the case, uh, if, if, if your wife did that to you, or, or if, if my girlfriend did that to me, I would say you need to check yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, check your baggage at the door. You need to go take a fucking walk. Yes. I might go get a drink. This will not fucking happen. Yeah. Again. I would say go to your go to your meetings and scream about how horrible men are. But not in my living But room. we would never be involved with a woman. Th- there would be many red flags prior oh, to... Oh, they've been married for 40 plus years. So he's had this lecture a million times and he puts up with it for whatever reason. But literally what she's saying is that like men are now, respo- men are now responsible um, uh, for not... Even the good men, men who are good to women, are responsible for man, mankind as a gender for not being better to women. And that you need to reshape the way men think and act and boys are raised and all this stuff that is now your burden. And it's not enough just to say, I'm a good guy who's never hurt a woman before. And in fact, I, I donate to all the right causes and all this sort and of this, shit. And this being published in the Washington Post, this is the most abstract, loony, it, it's, it's straight lunacy. I mean, her premise, it, it doesn't make any sense. It has no practical application. It's it's just like a crazy person yelling into the ether. Yes. And somehow the Washington Post d- decides this is, of all the opinions in the world, uh, of all the things to talk about and, and ways to sort of couch things, that this cunt, yes. who's uh, not wow. self-aware of the fact that she's... You're not one of the good men, Matt. Yes. I, I am one of the good <laughs> men. Because someone needs to fucking tell you that... A, no one, no one else besides your husband gives a fuck about what you're saying. Uh, she, she doesn't understand. It's an entitled cunt 
like just screaming in anger of displaced anger why is this published in the fucking opinion section when so much is going on and there are people with regular voices that could like she, myself for example because i think she represents a actual strong wing of female academia media whatever else oppression that's why she's on my crazy white chick list by the way uh th- this is a str- this is not an out there idea among this fairly influential group of dem- demographic but so uh, it's a small minority of people it's, uh, an, it's an insulated capsule there was a guy uh there was a guy who uh, uh um quit facebook recently senior engineer from facebook and he's like one of these aspie guys i like aspie guys because uh, I love Aspie guys. Because they, d- they can't lie. Yeah, they can't lie. So he actually quit Facebook because he said he doesn't like the way Facebook is censoring informa- censoring conversations now. They're censoring out hate speech under the guise of hate speech. They're censoring all sorts of conversations now and accounts and everything else under the guise of its hateful or harmful speech. And he said, like Facebook to me, he's been there a long time. Has always been open so open conversation, right? It's supposed to be open conversation, even if people deem it uncomfortable or even sort of ha- they deem it hateful. It's supposed to be on there. And his point was he's talked to like senior leadership, like the senior, senior people at Facebook, and they all agree with him. They're all on board with this like free, you know, open world, free speech mantra, everything goes because we want an open dialogue. But he said there's a group of people in Facebook that have formed uh, more recently out of college and stuff like that that are so anti-free speech, that are so much into censoring hate speech. And it's a minority, he says, he claims it's a small minority of Facebook, but they're so virulent and so so aggressive and like they're shutting down conversations calling people racist or homophobes or things like that if they don't agree with them that they're actually getting their way at facebook <laughs> like they're actually dominating these tech nerds who run the place right. are so scared of them because they're like all have all these you know uh, they're so aggressive in calling people names and calling them out and threatening them that they do like an antifa type of thing that they are actually conceding to the fact that like they're like the people like doing all the censorship in facebook the senior leadership they don't want it but they're so scared of this group within their own company because they write such harsh emails and do all this harsh stuff on message boards and, and call out the, you know, people who are like allow like anti-Muslim stuff or anti- stuff they deem as, as hateful that they're just scared shitless of them. So it is a minority, Matt, but th- I think they're very powerful within these different institutions Yeah, because they are willing to like say you raped them. <laughs> so that's a big thing. <laughs> All right, Matt, that's our show for today. You got something you wish to pimp and promote? MattRalston.net. Could we quickly address Kawhi Leonard's laugh? No, we don't have time. I have to go. I just feel like I saw like a, like the Candyman come back to life or something. Uh, MattRalston.net. I'll, t- I'll put that in the show on audio tape. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. <laughs> oh, Instagram, the Matt Ralston. That seems to be pretty popular. These days, yeah. Get off your call, man. Get off your call. This is Lex. Last matter. Talk to you next week. Don't say that. Don't touch there. Don't be nasty, says the silly bear. He's gonna tell you what's right and wrong. Sexual harassment. Panda.